coffee and your Bible Today's Tuesday. It is September the 6th, the year of our Lord 2022. This is Daybreak Live with the Nesbits. Ah. Good morning, good morning. 
Hallelujah. Uh, good morning, saints. Hope you had a really, really great weekend and a great Labor Day. Church Without Walls, it, it stormed Saturday night, but we still had Church Without Walls. And we had a wonderful, wonderful service. And uh, a young lady is confused about her salvation, said that, uh, that she really believed now and came to faith. So we praise God for that. And prayed for a lot of people for a lot of things. We had a, a good time down at Defeated Creek Park. Uh, and then yesterday we had a good service. I believe we had a good service. Uh, I mean, yesterday. Sunday we had a good service down at Providence as well. And it's just been a really, really good weekend. Yesterday we had a big cookout here on our deck with all our kids and uh, grandkids. And we just had a good time this weekend. I hope you guys had a good time as well. So I wanted to make an announcement. Remember, uh, throw this up here. There's the uh, Daybreak logo. I mean, uh, the CYL logo. This is Daybreak. It is a ministry of Church Without Walls. And uh, this is our website, churchwithoutwallscyltn.com. CYLTN.com. Church Without Walls, Tennessee is what it stands for. And uh, you can go to that website and keep up with us and find out what's going on, see what's happening. Also, I realized over the weekend, I looked at the RSS uh, subscriptions, and we have grown to over 2,500 podcasters now. So thank God for that. And uh, if you're listening on podcasts, we appreciate you being here and spreading the word to other people about the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so thanks for uh, being here. Thanks for doing that. And I know I, the podcast is not live, though. We uh, Michael takes and fixes this thing, and then we upload it to the podcast. So they, they're they not live with us, but we do up, upload it each day after. So praise the Lord for what God's doing. Keep us in your prayers. Uh, we appreciate it if you subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Help the algorithms if... You are cool with doing that, and we thank you. Let me get this off here, and we'll jump into Scripture. We're in Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6. We ended last week. We spent the last two Sundays, last uh, two Sunday, last two daybreak days, Thursday and Friday. One we talked about, and we took a little extra time, but we talked about the final seven years. And I did that to say, uh, as of right now, I still believe, because I have not found or heard a better argument, uh, that there's still a final seven years, that the final week, that is to say, that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all nations, and then there's going to be a shifting, and and we're going to enter into the time where God begins I think the last seven years, the final seven years, uh, that brings in the culmination of humanity as we know it to enter into the next phase of humanity, or what we call the millennial reign. So what we looked at, whether you believe in the seven-year 
final seven years or not, we, I wanted to show you where it came from. On top of that, I wanted to show you on Friday, we looked at the abomination of desolation. And we saw why that was so important. Because when Jesus is telling us about what to look for to be the sign of his coming, and that he said, this generation that sees these things will not pass till all these things happen. What generation was he talking about? Well, he said, when you shall see the abomination of desolation that was spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Stand in the holy place. What was Jesus talking about? That's what we talked about last Friday. Stand in the holy place. Let him that reads understand. So Jesus says, study Daniel to understand the end times and the return of the Lord. And so we talked about that as well. Now, the reason we did that is because we're entering into now, we have we have done the foundational uh, chapters of Revelation. We have went through the letters to the seven churches. We have now went through chapter 4 and chapter 5, which is the foundation, the backdrop, to begin chapter 6 up to chapter 20, chapter 19, for sure, and chapter 20. This sets in motion what we would call the, the events of the end times. Uh, the, the, final, the final events uh, after what we would say the gospel has been preached to every tribe, tongue, and nation. Well, how do you know that, brother? Because we have already seen, uh, we, we have seen in Scripture that he said, that the, like the elder said, you have redeemed us from every tongue, every tribe, every nation. So if that is true, then that means before we get to the next part, people have been, God has taken a people for himself out of every tongue, every tribe, every nation. And that is a very, very important key to helping us understand how we can be futuristic. Because the gospel must get to every tongue, tribe, and nation. That's what the Lord said. Uh, so that brings us to chapter 6. And let's set the backdrop again uh, of chapter 6. Remember the book sealed with seven seals. And let me jump over here to my graphics. The book sealed with uh, seven seals. And one... He, he took the book out of the one that was out of the hand of the one that was seated on the throne and he's getting ready to open the book. That's just a picture to kind of give you an idea because the scroll is written on the outside side and on the inside. And we've already talked about those things. Then in chapter uh, five, verse eight, it says, when he had taken the book, the four and 20 elders fell down before the lamb. Okay having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. What are the odors? The prayers of the saints. And so it says, if these vials from the representatives of every tongue, tribe, and nation, these, these bowls of prayers are given to the Lamb, are presented to the Lamb, and he says, okay, it's time. That is to say, it is the prayers of the saints that activate the breaking of the seals. And it's when, the, it's when it's full. It's when the times come. Everything happens 
in its time. So now with that backdrop in mind, the lamb takes the book, all of heaven bows down, you're worthy to open the book, and that's where we begin chapter 6. And we'll at least read the first four horses. And I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the beast say, the second beast, excuse me, the second beast. There's four beasts, by the way. The second beast said, come and see. And there went out another horse that was red. Power was taken. Power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth. And that they should kill one another. And there was given him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And, be, and I beheld, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny. And see, thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And his name that sat on him was Death. And hell followed him. Power was given unto him. Oh, excuse me. And power was given unto, listen to this, them. Power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. We'll stop right there. So that is the, what we call the four horsemen of the apocalypse, or the four horsemen of the apocalypse. But here is a key, at least in my way of thinking, and this is the only way I know to share with you, Here's a key to help unlock who the first writer is. And it is here in verse 9, it says, no, verse 8, excuse me. It says, and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth. What's the them? Who is them? These four horses. Power was given unto them to kill a fourth of the earth. Now that is a powerful, powerful statement. So if we were to imagine right now, let's say there's how many, how many, how many people's on the earth? Do you, do we know? Is there eight billion, seven billion, somewhere in that? Six billion, seven billion. We need to look that up before our next lesson. But a fourth of the earth is destroyed because power was given unto them. Now, why I say that? Uh huh. Eight billion. So what's a fourth of eight billion? Right. I mean, do you realize there's never been there's never been anything that's that's killed two billion people? 
Okay. But that's what we're looking at. We're looking at at two billion people if it were to happen now. Now, here's why I say that. Because when we start chapter six, the first question you have to answer is, who is the first writer? I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals. I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. Now, the, the beast are the ones who saying, come and see. But they're not just saying, come. Their voice, John says their voice sounds like thunder. So the lamb is breaking the seal. Who's breaking the seal? The lamb is breaking the seal. And as the lamb breaks the seal, the beast, the ones that I call the guardians of the galaxy, the beast says, come and see. And here he sees, and John sees this white horse riding. And it had a rider, okay? Now, there's been a lot of debate the rider of the white horse, is it Christ or is it the Antichrist? There's a lot of debate over that. Some people believe it's Jesus. It's the lamb. Well, the, the, the strange thing to me is the lamb is breaking the seals, right? He's the one that took this scroll, which we call the title deed to the earth, or however you want to label it, this powerful scroll, that's sealed with seven seals. He's the only one strong enough, the only one great enough, the only one wise enough to be able to break the seals, to loose the seals thereof, and to bring in this end-time um, harvest, this end-time situation. And when he breaks it, this rider goes forth. So my opinion is, this is my opinion, my opinion is, it's the Antichrist. Now, one of the reasons, I'll give you one of the reasons, is because it says power was given over them to kill a fourth of the earth. All of these, like the next three are negative. All that's told to us about rider number one is that he's riding a white horse, which is what conquerors ride. That was synonymous in the Greek empire. Everybody knew, you know, the conqueror rode a white horse. And he was given a crown. A crown was given to him. That is to say, he was given authority. He was al allowed to ride forth. He was allowed to take his ride. Does that make sense? He was allowed to... Who gave him permission? Who broke the seal? The lamb did. That is to say, God is sovereign. And all four of these are loosed by Yeshua by Jesus, by the Lamb of God. He's the sovereign Lord that breaks the seal. That is to say, the Antichrist cannot come to power until the Lord says he can, because God is sovereign. So why would God do that? Because we have a God-rejecting, God-hating world. And God will give us, give the world what they want. Let's look in 2 Thessalonians right quick. 2 Thessalonians, we, we, kind of, we kind of touched this last week just a little. But let's do a little reading here. And we'll start with verse 3. I'm in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Now listen. 
Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. What day is he talking about? The day of the coming of the Lord and our being gathered together unto him. That's the context. Uh, someone said the other day, it was Ernie said the other day that uh, Francis Chan said you need 20-20 vision when you're reading scripture. Read 20 verses before and 20 verses after the scripture you're looking at to get the context, right? So let no man deceive you. That day shall not come except there come and falling away first. Now listen, and the man of sin be revealed. The son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, I brought this out last Friday and said, this is why I believe there will be a rebuilt temple. I believe that it'll be part of the covenant agreement that is made with the prince that will come. And the temple will be rebuilt. Sacrifices will begin again, begin, begin again. And he will break it in the middle of the week. Remember we studied in the middle of the week, he will place the abomination. Jesus says, when you see that, the abomination of desolation, that's when great tribulation is going to begin. So then he says in verse 5, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. He will be revealed in his time. When it is time, he will be revealed. And now you know, excuse me, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. The spirit that's going to bring about this man of sin is already here. Okay? Only he who now letteth will let until he's taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Sometimes people say, well, the rider on the white horse was Jesus, because we see in chapter 19 that the Lord returns on the white horse. Amen, he does. Amen. The Lord does return on the white horse, but he's returning to fight the Antichrist. Now listen, verse 8 again. Now I'm in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Revelation chapter 19. Even him, now listen to this, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Why? What else does he have? Verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because... Here's why. Because they loved, they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Verse 11. This is key to understanding what's happening in my mind. For this cause. What's, what's the cause? They received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. They reject God. They reject Jesus. They reject the truth. You're right. This, this is where our world leaders are right now. This is where the world leaders are. They reject the truth. They reject God. They reject Amen. Jesus. Right? 
The World Economic Forum, the leaders of the World Economic Forum, the ones trying to bring about globalism, they reject God. They reject Jesus. Their advisors say that the Bible is a fairy tale. It's fake news. Jesus is fake news. I listened to one of their advisors yesterday, Lisa and I. We listened to one of Klaus Schwab's advisors talking about how Jesus and the resurrection is fake news. It's all false. We don't need God. We need science. Science is God now. We are becoming God. That's what he was saying. And you know one of the proof texts he gave? He said, everybody listens to science now. When science said shut down the synagogues, they shut them down. They shut down the mosques, the synagogues, and the churches. They all shut down. Why? Because science told them to. And so everybody listens to science now. It was pretty amazing to listen to what he was saying. But anyway, he says, he says, verse 11, now listen, before we get off here, you've got to get this. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. So God is going to send strong delusion. The saints are going to be preaching the gospel so that whosoever can turn and repent will be saved. But great delusion is coming because God has decreed it. That's what the word says. Why? Verse 12. So that, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. So God looks at the world, this self-exalting world, and they're just like Satan, right? Satan is the epitome of the rebel. Satan, Lucifer, he said, I want to be like the Most High. I want to ascend my throne above the Most High. I want to be worshipped, Satan says. We're God. Satan says, I want to be God. I don't want to bow down to God. What's man saying? We're God. And it's going to get worse and worse. One of the reasons I'm like, read this is, it tells us what's coming. God has told us. He has foretold us what is coming. For those who have eyes to see, ears to hear, and is willing to listen, God has told us what's coming. We know what's coming. Now, we don't know exactly when, but we know what's coming. And because they hate God, because they hate the truth, because they hate the church, because they hate everything good, Okay, and they want to rebel against everything that God says. And, and I've told you this many times. This is why a different Jesus is being preached today. It's a Jesus that doesn't say that you uh, shouldn't sin. I mean, you know, the Jesus now that most of the, many of the Western churches want to grab a Jesus now, that oh, he's cool with my sin. Yeah, I mean, he went to the cross so that I can just live in sin and keep on sinning. And I ain't got to worry about nothing because Jesus took care of it. Oh, how he loves me. What a mess Amen. that we are in today. And that's why I ask people, you, are you believing in the Jesus of the Scripture? Because the Jesus in the Bible and the apostles that teach us Jesus' word says, Be holy, for I am holy. I guess that's way over again this morning. But... That gets us opened up on the very first horse. I would like to know what you think. I would like to know what you think. And if you think it's not the Antichrist, and, and here's again the reasons. All four of these horses, the riders, bring forth destruction. They're all bad. So the first one's on a white horse. 
seems that he's he must be bad too. Number two reason, the lamb is the one breaking the seal and saying, go, it's time for him to ride. The beast is calling the, the, the rider forth and he goes forth conquering and to conquer. And so I believe this is the rise of the Antichrist. What do you think? What do you think it is? Love you guys. Thank you for being here this morning. David, I need to call you right after I get off here. Uh, I'll call you or call me when as soon as you can this morning. I need to talk to you right quick. Don't forget to pray for Luca, for Diane's grandson, uh, and also for uh, her husband. Luca? Yeah, and her sister. Father, we lift up Diane's family to you right now in the name of Jesus. Her grandson, Luca, her husband, her sister. God, we lift them all to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, breathe upon them and touch them and be with them and help them, Lord. God, help our brother Bill, Lord, to heal on up, Lord, and get out of that hospital in Jesus' name. Thank you for this study today. Go with us as we part ways and be with us during this day. We pray in the precious name of our Lord. Amen and amen. Let's say the Lord's Prayer. Our, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk more about the horsemen of the apocalypse. See you in the morning. Bye.